it got real still in the room and we could feel the temperature rising and paper started to get picked up off the desks and it got real bright in there. We heard footsteps come in and we looked back and Jesus was walking into the room in between us. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There was no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist On Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to talk about what happens when someone dies. I'm 100% sure you've pondered this question and have wondered what really happens when someone dies. I'm sure you've thought about these thoughts even for yourself. So far, there is no scientific proof of what happens to a person when they die, but the scientific community is taking notice now to near-death experiences, or NDEs, in which people have very spiritual experiences that are either very positive or very negative when they die or nearly die. Now, as previously thought, these, you know, experiences have just been random thoughts going through one's brain right before death. Now, scientists are saying that there are some striking similar things regarding the NDE experiences, though not one of them are exactly the same. Today, we will have Kevin Zadai, who says he died on a surgery table. He had an encounter with God and he understood the Holy Bible so much better from that moment on because God was confirming and illuminating scripture in his near-death experience. Let's find out the details. Kevin, thanks for joining us on the air. I'm happy to be with you. Kevin, it's great to have you on the air here and I really can't wait to hear about your near-death experience. But before we get to that, I understand that you became a Christian before this experience and that you even went to a college named Central Bible College. Yes, when I gave my life to the Lord, I actually got rerouted from what I planned on doing. I had a nomination to the Air Force Academy and I was going to be going next year. And the Lord called me to the ministry. And so I went to Central Bible College. And while I was there for that first year, me and my roommate were sitting around talking and it got real still in the room, and we could feel the temperature rising. And so we looked around, and the curtains, you know, can you imagine, like, the curtains swirling from wind? So it just started to swirl like a whirlpool in our room, but it was just air. And paper started to get picked up off the desks, and it got real bright in there. And we looked at each other, and I said, I think we're about to have an encounter. And at that point, we fell over onto our bed, face down, and we could feel the power of God increasing. And it got to the point where we started crying. We couldn't stop crying. And that's when we heard footsteps come in and we looked back and Jesus was walking into the room in between us, right in between our beds. And yeah, so that's when he laid his hand on my roommate's back. Now, what had happened exactly that initiated this? He turned to me and he said, Kevin, he said, I want to be able to prophesy like the people did in the Bible with the gift of the spirit of prophecy. And he said, I always wanted to do that. And I said, well, you know, the Apostle Paul said, that's a gift that you should desire for everyone to have. So as soon as I said that, that's when this wind came in. Mm. And he laid his hand on my roommate's back. And when he did, the power of God searched through his body and up out of his mouth. This is his account later. But he started to prophesy to me. 
But it was Jesus standing right there, three feet from us, and his hand was on his back, and he just stood there, and Jesus spoke through my roommate and confirmed my ministry and my life through a person who doesn't even really understand the gifts of the Spirit. (laughs) And as soon as Jesus lifted his hand off his back, my roommate shut up, (laughs) just like that. Then the wind started to stop, it started to wane, and Jesus turned around and walked back out. Just so you know, almost a whole year after that, every time someone would come into our room, they would start crying. But they never knew the experience because we never talked about it again. But the presence stayed for almost a year in that room. Isn't that amazing? Wow. So you are sold out for Jesus, Christian, and you're encountering the Lord already before your near-death experience. And then quite a few years later, you had an unexpected experience of having a near-death experience on the surgery table when going through a dental surgery. Tell us what happened. Yes, I had gotten hired with Southwest Airlines, and because of some problems I was having with my jaw and with my teeth, they needed to do surgery. So they had to put me under, and then they do this surgery, and they remove teeth, and they straighten out the jaw. Well, when they did that, they gave me too much anesthesia, and so when they were wheeling me into the operating room, I was already outside my body walking along the table that they were wheeling me in on. And I'll tell you what, that'll change your perspective when you can't get back into your body. Mm. So I watched him perform the beginnings of the surgery, and that's when I was just standing there waiting because I couldn't get back into my body. Mm. And I tried to contact them by talking to them and poking at their shoulders and things like that. They couldn't hear me or see me, but I could see and feel them, and I could hear them. Mm. That is so wild. I couldn't imagine that. Some would say that sounds terrifying because it seems like you wanted to get into your body, but you couldn't. Things like that tend to make people panic, you know? How did you feel at this point? No, when you become born again, you get the love of God in you and it drives out fear. Actually, I had no fear at all. (sighs) I felt a total peace and I knew that I was going to heaven. But I also knew that I was supposed to wait there in the operating room, even though I could probably walk anywhere I wanted to. You know, I could move around, and it seemed so real to me, even though I could see my body being operated on. I could move around, but I knew to wait there until an angel or Jesus came to pick me up, because I knew that I would have someone coming to escort me to heaven. Wow. Fascinating. That's great to know you weren't afraid. It seems like the experience was being divinely guided. You know, so many are scared to die because of the unknown. But your story helps us to understand that when God has you, He really has you. Tell us what happened next, because I understand someone did come. Yeah, and I didn't know because this has never happened before. How do you prepare for this? But I watched them do the operation, and then I heard another man addressing me from behind. And I knew there wasn't another man in the room. There was only one man, and that was the surgeon. The other two were women. So when I saw my body begin to glow on the table, I thought, this is strange. They're still operating on me, but my body is being transformed. And I got to see my resurrection body. We actually get a new body when the resurrection comes. So I had a spirit body, but I also saw my fleshly body transform before my eyes. And it was perfect. I was perfect. And I was going to get that back. Mm-hmm. I just knew this, you know, based on the scriptures, but I also knew this. And that's when I heard the man's voice behind me. He said, that's what you look like to me all the time. And I was perfect. I was absolutely perfect. I was the perfect man that he had made me. Mm-hmm. And I saw this. And that's when I turned around and Jesus 
walked up to me and he started talking to me. And that's how he started his conversation with me. So he spent 45 minutes with me teaching me the Bible, just precept upon precept, explaining to me prayer, the spirit realm, angels. He just went through the whole thing for 45 minutes. My gosh. So the Lord is talking to you about the Bible. That is so encouraging that it was the Bible that showed up in your near-death experience and not some other book. Now, how did you feel about the encounter with the Lord? Did you feel like you were about to be judged, condemned, or did you feel accepted? I felt accepted. I actually fell down here, even though I was a go-getter. I was one of those people that was very motivated. I felt rejected down here on this earth, especially as a Christian. And I was just trying to find my way and get to college and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, so I did all that. But then when I was at this job with Southwest Airlines, I still had some things that I was dealing with in my heart. But when I met Jesus, he said what he said to me, and he spent that time with me. I felt totally accepted. That must have been an amazing experience, as I've heard others describe how the love of God made them feel so accepted as well. Kevin, let's stop here, because I want to have you on our next show to talk about your near-death experience more and learn a little bit more about the biblical revelations you got. Kevin, looking forward to having you back on the next show. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. Hold on, let's unravel all what you just heard right after the short break. If you have a testimony you would like to share, you can audition to be on our show. Just go to www.therealliferadioshow.com. Click on Tell Us Your Story and follow the directions. You can fill out the guest release form and we will get back with you as soon as possible. If you need prayer or someone to talk to, you can always text us at 877-325-8030. Again, that's 877-325-8030. We look forward to seeing your text. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at www.therealliferadioshow.com. That's www.therealliferadioshow.com. Please help us to expand the reach of these shows. We couldn't do it without you. More Real Life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? Thought of what Kevin experienced is a true experience of life after death. Some would remain skeptical. But have you looked it up? There is validation to Kevin's story, as 8 million people have had their near-death experiences recorded. And doctors such as Emily Williams Kelly have determined that these are, well, you know, they might not be just physiological experiences when someone dies. Rather, people whose brains have stopped functioning are still having these supernatural experiences. And she was saying that it says to her and to the scientific community that there could be something more to the human mind and consciousness far greater than what most think. What do you think about this? Is there an afterlife? Is there a place where we go after we die? It's written in ancient scriptures in Hebrews chapter 9 verses 27 through 28. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly await for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. According to this ancient writing, each man is appointed to die one time. And it's not over from that moment. It's not the moment where we dissipate into nothing. This is not the end. Rather, it's the beginning of the judgment of God. Well, that sounds scary, right? But 
The judgment of God refers to the meaning that there is a holy God who stands between where we go. But where can we go? According to ancient scriptures, there is a heaven and there is a hell, a place of damnation and fire, and there's also a place of bliss, and that's heaven. The only way to heaven is if your sins are paid for in full. No one can go to heaven if they have a balance of sin that's unpaid for, even if the balance is little. All sin has to be paid for, and this is why Jesus Christ was sent as the Savior of the world. According to this scripture, Jesus Christ bore the sins of many, those who are eagerly waiting for him. Beloved, will that be you? Will you be the person who had their sins paid by the blood of Jesus Christ? And if you're like, well, how does this happen? If you haven't received Christ as your Savior, I want to walk you through that. Lord Jesus, we reach out to you. We're asking for you to wash us in the blood of the Lamb, in your blood, Lord Jesus, for the forgiveness of our sins, to be a propitiation for our sins. We receive this now in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. You can search us on social media by typing The Real Life Radio Show and follow us for more updates and content on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. See you next time.